This episode of Bend the Knee is brought to you by Lord Jason of House Ross, Lady Amanda of House Richardson, Lord Adam, the young bull of House Parker, Sir Peter of House Whittingham, the ghost of Harrenhal, Lord Nelson of the Long Isle, the mother of cats, Sir Joshua of House Ross, Lady Kendall of House Taylor, Lady Liz of House Hendricks, Hand to the Hand, Seed Say Asbeck of Day Eleven in the Light of the Eleven, Lord Hunter the Foulmouth, Captain of the Guard, Sir Dustin the Rooster Knight, Captain of the Guard, Sir Ron of House Golson, Captain of the Guard, Lady Amanda, Captain of the Guard, Lord Robert the Unfrozen of House Butler, Lord Paramount of Skagos Island, Captain of the Guard. Hello and welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt, the Bud Knight. And I am Zrezer the Watchful. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Today we are into chapter 61, Daenerys 7 of A Game of Thrones. And uh, yeah, we have no maester study today, friends, because we have so many shout outs to give. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. We've got some updates. I mean, we've got like Discord updates. We've got some stuff going on with our patrons some cool things really really happening so yeah absolutely yeah i mean whew, man you know um we sarah and i uh you know fortunately very fortunately i was back in ohio um last week and we did that bolt on theory which was a lot of fun you know though yeah, i think i think i think that, i think that was kind of, i think that was kind of fun yeah and we just been doing a lot of behind the scenes work gearing up for oddly enough clash of kings yeah we're getting close yeah yes we are we are and uh yeah we're getting close to the end of this book clash of kings and then um gosh we'll be we'll be in clash of kings hopefully when winds of winter drops and during the prequel maybe right Mm-hmm. yeah so yeah a lot of cool things and i think in gearing up for that we had some of our listeners kind of reach out and want to do more with our discord server um, so I've got like a major shout out I kind of want to give uh, to our, our um, to Sir Ant of House Hawk, who decided to, he's kind of leading up the Discord chats, and uh, he's, he's just completely revamped. So there should be a link in the episode description of this of today's episode, and if not, there will definitely there's several links on Facebook, and if you ask anyone there, you know, hey, what's the link to the Discord server? Uh, we can easily repost that and get you an invite there because it's it's fantastic. I mean, Sir Matt, you've got a chance to go in there and, and take a look at it, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, I mean, there's a lot of people in there. Yeah, uh, I, I I had to turn notifications off of my phone because I was like, what is going on? Yeah, but uh, <laughs> man, I go. It's great. I go in there and everyone's everyone's just going back and forth. They're talking. They're talking uh, on one of the channels. They were talking about Vikings, which yep. is a show I would like to get into. Um, you know, I think now that. Uh, I think it's fair to say that we. I think a lot of people had that kind of Game of Thrones hangover. Yeah. Uh, where like you know, this is the season. Where there's so much build up to it where it's kind of like okay, ugh, you know. And now I'm like even more energized about it. I'm like okay, start getting really back into the books. I'm kind of I'm even ready to be like you know I I can start a rewatch at some point. But I'm uh, thinking about uh, starting Vikings as well as as possibly a uh, you know something else to check out too. Yeah, I know what you mean there. I mean, we were talking to um, Lord Hunter. I was just the other day about some of the the feelings 
that we all kind of had coming out of the last uh, season. And, and some people just needed like a break, man. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. Like, and so we, we totally understand that it was like, it, it was a big, it was an emotional ride. And then, you know, some stuff landed, some stuff didn't land. And then people just needed to sort of like, I think regroup. And, and it's, it's been, it's been interesting because it's like the conclusion to this epic uh, HBO series and, and you know what what do we do now right <laughs> well you dive back into the books with us friends that's what you do um, mm-hmm. so because there's there's hope there there's uh, I, I, I put it like this if you like the way the TV show went great it's gonna be even better in the books if you didn't like Absolutely. it great it's gonna be even better in the books you know so mm-hmm. I mean that's that's sort of the the pitch there but yeah so there, there's some cool stuff going on there we have we've always had great conversation in the Facebook group and we're going to talk about that. We've uh, Some of our Captain of the Guards have been really up in the game there with some of the polls and stuff. We'll, we'll, we'll get there for sure. But, I, you know, Sir Ant uh, really wanted you guys to, you know, check out the Discord server. We may still do some tweaking with that and uh, try to figure out what's, um, you know, maybe we need to cut back on some of the channels. But for the most part, I think people are kind of enjoying it. There's a buy, sell, and trade. There's, uh, you know, cosplay. We can just post your cosplay stuff and and everything so really kind of just a place a one-stop shop i guess for everything game of thrones related and then and then some really yeah absolutely absolutely so cool um and we're gonna take our time here because i wanted to go through and actually do some more um shout outs last week we got a chance to shout out all of our all of our sworn swords and so Mm -hmm. really nice we've got a, a you know um a bunch of new members there on patreon and so it's really Great to kind of see them, but a, a few special shout-outs here. Uh, Sir Ralph the Dornish Wolf, uh, he's he's reading along with us, originally read the story in Spanish, and I've been kind of having a back-and-forth with him on uh, Patreon, so shout-out to him. Uh, let's see, uh, Sadie the Dragon, Blood of, the, of Queen Daenerys, and Lady of Jameson, so shout-out to her, because she's in the Discord tearing it up, just going um, crazy. Is it Sandy? Did I say Sadie? I think it's I think Sandy. It might be Sandy. Oh, sorry. Oh. So there we go. So Sandy um, is in there. She's she's tearing it up and doing doing a great job. It's fantastic. So we can you guys get in there and, and, and check that out. Um, let's see. Uh, Sir, Sir Dominic of House Leo. Also shout out to him. Uh, been he's been on Patreon. The people who get on there and like you know comment and leave messages and stuff. It really helps Sir Matt and I because then we can kind of go back and use some of those comments for just extra content later on when we do like the next um we were talking about the tourney of heron hall and how we were hoping people would leave more comics you know comments down there and stuff in the facebook group so we could kind of talk about and incorporate some of other you know people's thoughts um going into part two which will be next month mm-hmm. yeah um let's see uh captain of the guard sir bobby of house butler so he's our newest yeah. captain of the guard here you go i mean let me pull up uh the facebook here real quick had some Really cool things going on in here. Uh, yeah, it's been really nice. Uh, he reached out to us after he uh, he signed up on Patreon. He was like, "Hey, what kind of would uh, you know?" He said he was like, "I was thinking about maybe doing polls for theories," and said, "Absolutely." And then we'll start discussing those if people want to vote on. You know, I mean, that's kind of the whole deal is help influence the show, and uh, we can talk about that kind of content that you guys want to hear. That's at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. Get uh, you guys let let us know what it is you want us to cover in game of thrones outside of the main chapters and that's what we'll cover yeah absolutely so this is kind of funny he's got um so what three hours ago as as we're recording this uh, he has uh, 20,000 riders of rohan versus 20,000 dothraki screamers 
who you got. I mean, <laughs> it, it's kind Ooh. of it, it's funny to me because it's like you know now we're bringing Lord of the Rings, you know, into Game of Thrones. Who you got in in a you know, um, twenty? I think I got the Dothraki 000. screamers. Yeah, they're they're pretty ruthless. I mean, they're pretty. Yeah, you know. I yeah yeah I think I think um, I mean not that the writers of Rohan are are any slouches as no. as we say here. No, but I just think that is the. I just think the Dothraki are—they're a little more—they're a little better at cavalry. Mm-hmm. They're—they're they're, they're a better cavalry. Well, see, I—I I think the reason you know, like, if you wanted to go with the Dothraki, I'd say, yeah, they're—they're just—they're vicious, man. They're absolutely just mm-hmm. relentless. But I'm going to go with the Riders of Rohan because of King Theoden, my friend. I mean, he's just when you got the king leading you, you know, it's we're going to do, man. He's—he's he's, you know, he's getting them all rallied up and those horns and you know the music's playing and <laughs> i don't know it's just right cool i mean me. in yeah in the movies the lord of the rings movie we really just see them you know fight fight at that battle yeah um and and so it's and we see the dothraki win a lot more in in game of thrones and we see how 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 dominant they are so uh i mean, I, I still would probably i still think that the dothraki would have a i think they, they would have a speed advantage because the the uh-huh. They're, they're wearing lighter lighter armor. Yeah. Um, they're also the fact that they can also shoot arrows from horseback really really well. Yeah. I think also would give them an advantage over the over the riders. Yeah. I'm just gonna, here's here's my one thing. You know, the host of Mordor was was quivering, shaking when they came riding down through there. And so, uh, I mean, yeah, they had some help from Aragorn, but man. The riders. I don't know. I just well, we 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 saw we saw the Dothraki decimate a Lannister army. Yeah, yeah. Although, I mean, not not on horseback though. Not I mean, the Lannisters. They were kind of a mixed mixed batch, weren't they? I mean, they were talking yeah, rider on even, rider. Even here. even even still. I mean, even Robert Baratheon was talking about how you know the in an open in an open field they'd be they'd be pretty screwed. <sighs> yeah, it's because you know he didn't. I mean, that's the thing, dude. Is you got these crossovers. I I think it's great. These, the, I mean. That's what King Theoden says when um, when Gondor comes for aid. He, you know, they want him. They want mm-hmm. uh, R- Rohan to get in behind the walls and 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 wall up with uh, get, get inside Minas Tirith. And he's like, Nah. Well, we we're, we're on horseback out in the open. That's where we thrive. Now, I mean, <laughs> if you were talking about the Dothraki versus elves, well, I mean, that's not even close. Oh yeah, not even close. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah. <laughs> Right. That's next level. That is next level. What's really cool, and, and we saw this a, a couple chapters ago, was like when Jorah is talking, um, gosh, who was he talking to there? One of the Dothraki blood riders about um, how, what what the armor would do. You know, like they're going over combat right. strategies and how their weapons could get caught in the armor. And then, you know, it's it's the way they're designed, look, the, the hook design of that would maybe get caught in armor or mail, and it's hard to kind of pull back and get it Right unstuck. against the plate. Yeah, and so, you know, you, if you go in there and you don't know that, you just swing your, what are those things called? RX or whatever? The RX, yeah. Yeah, and you come in there and boom, that gets lodged in somebody's chest. Well, you may have got that guy, but now you're weaponless unless you can get that bad boy back out. Right, yeah, it would it would depend on their weaponry because I would, I would, I would argue that they probably have RX and bows, so... Bows, I think they would definitely have an advantage. Yeah. Obviously, because you're now you're talking about arrows, yeah. ca- mounted, you know, archers versus yeah, like uh, just just right, just yeah. cavalry. And so, uh, yeah, it's cool. I, that, I love it though. That's that's the thing. We've got people in here, kind of. Um, uh, <laughs> and, 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 it would also depend. It would depend on the terrain too. 
Yeah, because some people were, are bringing up like because Helms if it Deep. Were, they're like, are they at Helms Deep or are they out in the open? Well, or, yeah, if they're yeah. at Helms Deep, then absolutely not. The Dothraki don't, wouldn't stand a chance. Right. It just depends on. Um, and, and a lot of yeah, people are saying, I mean, like, if it's if it's an open if it's an open field, I'd probably give the advantage to the Dothraki just because of the the speed advantage. Yeah. Yeah. But if it, I mean, once you get off the horse, you know, we saw that with Jorah Mormont where. He, you know, is wearing plate and then it's, you know, then it's hard. It's hard to beat them even even just because of the 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 protection of the plate. Yeah. Yeah. People have got really good comments in here. Like Antonio's like screamers because Dothraki are warriors bred to fight on horseback while the riders of Rohan are citizens taking up arms. Yes, Rohan has armor, but so did the Lannisters. Uh, and look what happened to them. Uh, you have right. um, people going back and forth. A lot of people are saying. Uh, that's a tough question. I mean, that's the first comment like that. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of variables. Yeah, there's definitely there's definitely a lot of variables. Uh, 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 Bannerman, um, or Bannerman has no name. Says you know I I, I can't and just faints. You know, done. <laughs> can't can't do it. It's a tough right. question. So, anyways, there 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 is a there is a really cool question posed to George R. R. Martin, or he was talking about it at some point. I remember in an interview on YouTube, yeah. where because obviously Lord of the Rings is by far his biggest inspiration for yeah he loves it this yeah. this book. I mean, there's uh you know there's there in the histories isn't there somebody almost called like Thorin Oakenshield uh I yeah mean, I I, I, forget, <laughs> I forget his name it's in it's in a world of ice and fire. But oh yeah, I re- yeah I do remember. There that. is, yes. there is. There's. I think this guy whose name is like Oakenshield. Yeah. And I, I I'd have to I'd have to go look. Um. But he he was he was talking about Balerion versus Smog. Yeah. And he's like, it's not even close. Right. He's like, Smog can talk. Obviously, he's more powerful than Balerion. Yeah. I mean, it's just yeah. Yeah. Here you go. I found it. Owen Oakenshield is a legendary. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Garth Greenhand. He's he's one of his sons. Legendary son. Right. You know? <laughs> so yeah, and it, yeah, he taught. I mean, Smog is insanely huge. But uh, yeah, he, he did. You know that when the Tolkien biopic came out, like George went to the opening night, like big deal, ran a whole panel. Oh yeah, he's a yeah. I mean, he's a yeah. Tolkien is easily his biggest influence. Yeah, I mean, he was like a little kid. I mean, it's also the just, it's also like the biggest influencer of just about any fantasy novel ever oh, written. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. It was just really cool to see him, you know, kind of be taken back to like his early inspirations. You know what I mean? And like he was giddy talking about it and love just dishing right. about uh, Tolkien. That was just it's cool to see. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's a lot of similarities between. Uh, Aragorn and Jon Snow. Yeah. I mean, a ton of similarities. I mean, they're almost, I mean, in an odd way, like the same character, right? Yeah. Aragorn. Aragorn's, I don't, you know, I don't want to be king. You know, it's, that's not, that's, that's not my place. Jon Snow, I don't want to be king. Sure. You know, I, I don't, sure. I don't want it. It's, they're, they're very similar characters. Yeah. Yeah. That's a neat connection. Yeah. Uh, something that's, that birthright, that, you know, that birthright that they were essentially, yeah, had. Right. Right. Um, who was it? I think it was, um, Sir Peter of House Whittingham was talking about um, the connection between some of what Robert Jordan was doing in the Wheel of Time, even though it's kind of mm. happening around the same time. Robert Jordan's a little bit earlier, um, but just the connection between the two fandoms and stuff. And I was like, you know, and some of it he, he was even tying back to they both loved Tolkien. Right. So two great fantasy oh, writers yeah. who were inspired by the, you know, author of the century. And uh, yeah, so really cool. That's what I, I love. So Sir Bobby is just absolutely killing it. And uh, let's see, there was another poll in here. Um, oh, he was going over theories. Um, what's what's the deal with Roose Bolton? So after we had done the bolt on theory, 
Um, we had all these votes in here, and you know, he's just a giant prick. Um, he's a vampire uh, or a vampire-like creature. He steals the faces of his sons to stay young. You know, he goes through, he lists off all the different possibilities, uh, and it looks like uh, he's just a giant prick. One out, 37 votes. So mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. So anyways, yeah, get in there and check that out. Because I voted he, I voted that he's a vampire. Did you? What did I vote? I think I voted he steals faces uh, of his sons to stay young. I think that's what I said. I just was going, ah, you know. Um, yeah, so that was, that was cool. There's There's plenty more, though. And I think week by week, maybe as we talk about the chapter, um, he's going to kind of bring up, um, you know, various polls, and we'll try to cover those. What bit, we kind of talked about turning it into like a captain's report, right? You yeah. Know, like a, yeah. <laughs> so the captain of the guards are out there getting uh, collecting the the information, the intel, and and here we are discussing it. So um, fantastic. So uh, let's see what other updates did we have? Um, got a shout out to the patrons, and every once in a while we'll hit up our. Uh, we'll go through the whole list of um, Sworn Swords because uh, they've been extremely helpful and they're very active in the uh, Facebook group and Patreon page and in Discord. So, um, yeah, can't can't thank you guys enough there. I think that's about it. I just wanted to make sure. Oh, and then we also have, um, we'll have more of an update probably next week or towards the end of July on the care package that's coming out and uh, trying yes. to get some of the artwork done for that. So uh, that's on my list to, to get the ball rolling there. So it's been a little bit delayed and I think it's like, we got so caught up in the show that in collaborations and, and you know, and, and just doing different things that, uh, you know, it's, just, it's been busy, really busy. So we've kind yeah. of needed this. Yeah. And now it's time to kind of like, oh, OK, all right, let's let's shift back. Let's shift yeah. gears again and kind of get back toward. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you know what? I am so happy. I just have to say this. Like we're finishing up with the Game of Thrones and now we're going back and doing the Tourney at Heron Hall series, if you will. And it just is helping make things everything's making more sense and we're, we're discussing different houses and and um it's just such a good it's, it's good for you and i and i think it's good for the book club to kind of look at, at what started a song of ice and fire and, and and look at the foundation of that as we move into a clash of kings so it's really it's really good i'm glad that we chose to do that because we were thinking about doing you know green dreams and like dance of dragons where's everybody at that kind of stuff but this works out so much better because we're talking about eh, kind of history, but it's just right before the start of this series. So, mm-hmm. and, and as we have new show watchers come in, I think it's really important to kind of look into the Tourney at Heron Hall and understand its significance and really what kicked this whole thing off. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was talking to uh, I was talking to somebody who was just a show watcher, and we were having this conversation about I was, I was kind of explaining our our series, the Show Watchers Guide. And then I, I immediately, I, as soon as I start, I just, I get going and I'm like two minutes <laughs> into kind of explaining some of the backstory and I'm just like, oh my God, no, it's, it can't just mm-hmm. be a five minute thing. I just can't. Right. There's just, there's way too much backstory. Cause like I was in the position when I started where I had watched the shows and then I went to the wiki cause I wanted to find out more. So I had had a lot of book background before I really started reading the books. Yeah. And so, I mean, if you just watch the show, I mean, characters that they really don't, they barely, I mean, the Mad King. Yeah. You really don't get enough of his backstory. Obviously, Rhaegar, you definitely don't get enough of his backstory. And so that's kind of what that 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 series is is about. Um, just because it, it is actually, the more I think about it, the, and the, the further we get into it, I'm like, there's a, an, a lot of content here. 
that yeah. really is going to have to be broken down to explain the differences. Right, right. Yeah, there is. And you know what's amazing is that George, as he's writing some of this, and w- when we got into the tourney at Hall stuff, and Lord Adam Parker was talking about this in the Facebook group, it's like, which came first? You know, like, he, like he has some idea of a great tourney. Like, did he know all the details? I mean, before he starts writing... <sighs> Does he know all the details of, of Tourney at Hall and everything that's going on? Or does that just evolve as well? I feel like he knew some of the idea, obviously because he's talking about the kidnapping of Liana and Robert's Rebellion and this whole thing. So, But like, how much of it did he have worked out? And I, I've heard him in interviews talk about the timeline thing. And he's like, yeah, that's been a weakness of his that he's worked on and he's gotten a little bit better. He had a rough idea in his mind um, about who was born when and who was born first and who's older, Danny or John, that kind of stuff, you know, that people go ba- mm. used, to, used to go back and, and debate quite a bit. So I think that's been kind of cool for us to look at all those different pieces and say, when when was he thinking this? Or, or when, did, you know, we get the, the Night of the Laughing Tree story, look at the book, we, we get that later. And right. so did he, when did that thought, you know, come in, in into play? And how does, how does, how did that all work? I, I can't wait till the series is over and uh, hopefully... He's going to be able to tell us some of that, uh, you know, just his, his thought process in it. Maybe he'll do some, like, Tolkien letters where, you know, people can write in and ask him about some of that stuff. Right now, it's just, you know, it's not finished, so we can't can't really ask about it. So, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, Hodor. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, clearly Hodor is a character in the first book. Yeah, you're right. And was it just a name he came up with and then later was like, oh, this would be a, a, work. a cool way to do right. it? Or, yeah. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff you want to know because I like to believe, like, the whole Lady Stoneheart thing. You, you don't put the, you don't, you know, I mean, that's very, she has a heart of stone. I mean, he mentions that right. not just in one chapter, it's mentioned in multiple uh, uh, chapters. It's, she's characterized that way. So it's like, whoa, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So yeah. anyways, uh, we'll dish more on that. Um, but yeah, we also have, uh, speaking of the, of the, all these different updates and in, in the discord, uh, do you want to talk a little about the, um, the show and maybe like the, the, ga- the HBO uh, Game of Thrones prequel show and some of the news that we got from that? Uh, yeah, let me let me pull it up here. So basically, um, Gurr has talked a little bit more about the prequel, which, you know, for a long time, they were calling it the long night. Then there were some reports came out that it was called Blood Moon. And then Gurr goes on Twitter and is, he called he starts calling it the long night. So it may be still called the long night. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, uh, he's actually I, I think but, even in this article, it says something about the longest night. Like they were kind of like, cause one of the right. episode titles is like the long night. So, right. Well, and they, I, yeah, at one point I remember reading an interview where he, he joked and said the HBO keeps telling him not to say that it may actually be on his blog, but yeah. Um, yeah. So it seems like it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a couple thousand years before the main show. The seven kingdoms is really about a hundred smaller kingdoms. Yeah. The Starks will be in it. The Lannisters will not because obviously the Lannisters don't take over Casterly Rock until much, much later. Yeah. Uh, So he said the White Walkers will be in it. So I'm sure we'll get some more backstory on them. And there's not really any schedule of when it's coming out yet. But Comic-Con is this week. So I'm sure we will get some more details then. Right. And it looks like they had a few cast members. I don't have them listed right here in front of me, but they had some... Uh, a couple, a couple women that they had listed there as as cast members, and Martin was talking about whether you know who would be the lead cast member, 
And he says, just like Game of Thrones, they kind of hesitate to ever call any one person the lead character, you know, because it's not really um, well the nature. Yeah, of the Naomi. Show. Yeah, Naomi Watts has been reported by just about. She was like the first cast member really announced, and she uh, has been the one kind of pinned as going to be the like the lead mm-hmm. actress. Yeah. yeah, and there's also a uh, Naomi Naomi Aki. Is that her name? Let me see here. Yeah. 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 Uh, I don't know who that is, really. Um, but, yeah, so we've got a couple names there. So maybe we'll see. I mean, would it be possible to see some of these people maybe show up at at um, at Comic-Con or something? Some some surprise. I don't know. It depends, depends on how far along they are, I guess, right? So I think, I think we may get – I don't know if we'll get a trailer, but I bet we'll get, like, an image. And, and the full name of this thing will be revealed because – if it's filming this year, my guess is it would be cool if they released it in like March, which is when, you know, March, April, May, as run around Game of Thrones was released uh, for the longest time. But yeah. I'm thinking probably more like August if they if they're filming it this year. OK, OK. Well, that's exciting. I mean, I can't wait to get more. Uh, on that, and what's neat is I think you're, you're you might even have more of a if if it's split into a hundred different kingdoms. So we're not even in seven kingdoms. We're talking about some you know minor houses uh, ruling their own kind of uh, region, and uh, we could have a lot of infighting just just with inside regions. You know, it's like oh, absolutely, Starks fighting Boltons and stuff. You know, I mean mm-hmm. uh, things that would be really cool. So. Yeah, be ready. I think it's going to be a fascinating show to watch, and there may be a lot more of, uh, you know, we're, uh, no one's safe, you know, so, which is which is cool. All right, well, just a quick little update. If you guys have, uh, uh, if you find any more articles or you guys catch something there at um, at Comic Con, uh, send it our way, and and uh, or hop in the Discord server there, and I think we've got a little uh, text channel called the Long Night, where everyone's kind of posting in there. Uh, just updates and things that they're finding and some show speculation stuff. So really cool. Perfect. Okay. Uh, well, let's head on over to the reread. Yeah. Right. So the, yeah, reread this week we were in um, uh, Daenerys seven. And uh, last time we were with, um, we were in John eight, right? So we had a great discussion last time, didn't we? With, with, um, uh, yeah, we're talking about some ravens and crows Lyrian and steel. Yeah. Absolutely. Lyrian steel, long claw. Is it black fire? Stuff like that. Yeah, that was really good stuff. So, um, yeah, okay, just I'll, I'll read through the summaries here real quick. So, John 8, um, John is presented with the Valyrian Steel Sword, Long Claw by uh, Lord Commander Mormont. John attempts to um, refuse, but uh, the commander insists. Later, John gets a message that Maester Aemon wants to see him. Uh, the Maester knows that John is divided between his duty and his family loyalties and explains that he sympathizes. When John rejects his empathy, the old man reveals that he is Aemon Targaryen, son of King Maegar, uh, which is a pretty big freaking moment. So, yeah, pretty uh, big deal. Yeah, it is, and uh, I love Aemon. I don't think we give that's a character we can talk more about. You know, we we talked about trying to hone in on different characters who we really like. I like him a lot, and I can't wait till mm-hmm. we get to his voyage with Sam and some of the riddles that, that he's kind of giving uh, him later on on the way to Old Town, but. So we're in Danny, um, Daenerys Seven. Uh, last time we were with Danny, uh, it was uh, let's see where she was at. So Daenerys is unable to convince Khal Drogo 
to assault the Seven Kingdoms to regain her throne. While Drogo is hunting, Daenerys goes to the market where a wine merchant offers her a cask of wine. Sir Jorah insists that the merchant drink first. The merchant refuses and attempts to flee. When Drogo learns of the attempt to poison Daenerys, he makes the decision to attack the Seven Kingdoms. Uh, this week, Khal Drogo has defended another, has defeated another Kalasar, capturing a town and many captives. Daenerys uh, intervenes when she sees Dothraki warriors raping the women. Uh, when she finds Drogo, Daenerys is concerned about her husband's wound and calls for the healer, Mira Mazdur, uh, one of the women she rescued. Uh, she, she speaks up. Um, uh, she speaks up that she is a healer, and Drogo agrees to let her tend his wounds in her temple. So, in her yeah. temple might have been the wrong place to do it, though. You know. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, it happens. It's this is slightly different than than the show. In the show, we see Kyle Drogo fight and get injured. Uh, the result is ultimately the same, and we do see. Uh, Danny, the kind of where she where she's riding along and saying, you know, don't don't hurt them. I am I'm blood of the dragon. You know, yeah. I'm I'm Khaleesi. All of this stuff. So uh, it's similar. It just happens a little bit different. And I will say in the show, the fight scene where Kyle Drogo gets injured is sick. Yeah, yeah. We didn't really get to to see that. We just kind of roll where he does the, where he does yeah. he does that like Matrix move. You know, like yeah. move where he like uh, or like Luke Skywalker in episode <laughs> well. That Luke Skywalker in episode eight where he does yeah. the like underneath the, the, the sword, the lightsaber there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the sword, the arc here, but yeah, it's a super cool, uh, super cool fight that uh, takes place in the show. So um, the chapter starts when the battle was done, Danny rode her silver through the fields of the dead, her handmaidens and the men of her cause uh, came after her smiling and jesting, um, jesting amongst themselves Dothraki hooves had torn the earth and trampled the rye and lentils into the ground while aurochs and arrows had sown a terrible new crop and watered it with blood dying horses lifted their heads and screamed at her as she rode past wounded men moaned and prayed uh, jiku ran moved among them the mercy men with their heavy axes taking a harvest of heads from the dead and dying alike after them would scurry a flock of small girls pulling arrows from the corpses to fill their baskets last of all the dogs would come sniffing lean and hungry the feral pack that was never far behind the cali the calisar mm. yeah so i mean a lot of chaos a lot of death um i mean really when the dothraki come through they um uh, th- th- there's really no th- th- this is why the free cities often trade with them and give them slaves or give them great goods they don't want what just happened here to happen to their great cities and they know right uh that's something um illyrio kind of talks about and when we first start this whole thing it's sort of you almost wonder why is he is he uh, acting this way with the dothraki well here's why because especially with cal drogo like he just shows up and you know he's he's uh laying laying waste um to people so and this was right after wasn't this right after the um oh gosh they, weren't they in yeah they were in the sacred city and so mm-hmm. y- you know now yeah they were in vase dothrak and that's yeah. where and that's where danny uh remembers seeing cal ogo whose calisar yeah. it is that was just wiped out that was wiped out yeah it, because yeah. they couldn't fight there right everyone's supposed right. to be it's a sacred city they're not allowed to have weapons which is why viserys is ultimately killed yeah he's crowned my friend he's crowned <laughs> he is crowned yes (laughs) uh poor guy um 
Can I say something too before? Because uh, we talked about this, and I, 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 I try to be, try to be authentic, I guess, when in going through through this reread. I really am not a huge fan of these. Not all the Danny chapters, but I'm just not a huge fan. Uh, it's not right. really until she gets to Karth and stuff that I start to kind of pay mm-hmm. attention and say, "Oh, what the heck is this?" You know, um, it's cool going back through and doing a detailed. Uh, read because we're getting these little references to her, the blood of the dragon, and 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 her power kind of emerging and stuff like that. But dang, man, I I just this one is a little dry for me. Um, I mean, there there are some cool things that happen in it, but I don't know if anybody else feels the same way. It just doesn't really pick up until later. And and you had said before we started recording that um, Danny is a, a really easy chapter to just kind of read, you know. Uh, start to finish point of view wise and yeah yeah to do a point of view chapter Daenerys is probably one of the easiest because her story is so far away from everyone and even in the show there are times where you know so we it's like 95% of the story well I, let me take that back I'd say 75% of the story is what's going on in the seven kingdoms mm-hmm. and you could even then I would say it's fair to even you know get rid of the wall and and the north and the and the um the night's watch stuff and that's almost its own kind of arc as well and you know it's not until later when Arya goes over there and and Tyrion goes over to Essos where it's like okay now everyone's all over the place and and it doesn't yeah. feel as less segregated because especially in the first in the first season the first book it's Everything is happening on Westeros except for the Daenerys chapters. Right, right. And other and other than the times when Robert Baratheon says we should kill her across the sea, you know, news takes forever to get over there. It doesn't it, it feels so disconnected from the rest of the story. And I'm with you on the fact that I think some of the Daenerys stuff in a game of thrones is a little boring it's a little dry it really starts ramping up in a clash of kings though and then by the end i mean it's awesome now she's got you know she's got a huge army she's getting right. ready to cross the n- narrow sea and it's it's great yeah i well one thing i wanted to, to mention before i forget it is that like i think that's intentional actually like a lot of what he does here with her I mean, obviously everything is, is really intentional but like she's over here to kind of and she's isolated because when she comes back, and I got this vibe in the show, and she brings uh, the Thraki, it's not just that, but, like, she's kind of foreign, you know? Like, you can't really speak of the Targaryens over in Westeros, and and, and, uh, and, and even there, like, like knowing what we we're going to get in the prequel show and knowing about the history of, of Westeros, like, the Targaryens have only really been there in, in, in power for 300 years compared to thousands and thousands of years where you've had, um, you know, the Starks have... have they had their own kings and everything. You know what I'm saying? Like they, They're supposed right. to feel kind of foreign, right? They're not um, originally from this land. And I know that everybody, you know, the, the first men migrate over and, and then the Andals and all that kind of stuff. But they've been there much longer and have, have roots. So I think it's supposed to feel that way. Like she's supposed to feel very different and foreign. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, because when she... When she gets when she gets to Westeros, it's I mean part of her arc. I mean we obviously get a lot more in the show just because where the books end is you know she leaves Dario Naharis because I know that I've grown up here, but I have to kind of start learning how to live in Westeros. Yeah, she leaves this guy she clearly loves because she may need to marry somebody to gain to gain power in in Westeros. Right. 
Right. Yeah. Exactly. And you, you remember when Viserys was was talking about how um, he was being told, you know, the Beggar King that people were uh, in the streets crying out for the Targaryens to to return and and stuff like that. And it it is really interesting. Like when we get down to like House Derry and stuff like that, and you see some of the supporters of of the Targaryens, like Targaryen loyalists um, who had old banners who have been stuffed away and things like that. It's just it's sort of surprising and, and shocking that the Targaryen house has been whittled down to just these last few members and that they would even be, you know, like like any type of threat to, right. to Westeros. But they still kind of are. And just because of their name and their, and their bloodline and, and the history and the magic that was associated with them, people like Illyrio and Varys um, are working to keep them alive. Well, and there could be reasons as to why those two are, you know, very invested in the. Blackfires slash uh, Targaryens, but um, I don't know. I think it's it's fascinating just that like we don't really get that over in Westeros a whole lot. Like we we really don't know no. much about the Targaryens and they're they're this being a reread. I, I think I guess I I, I kind of forgot that because I remember when I was first reading it, I'm just sort of like, yeah, who cares that this <laughs> like that she was this this dragon, and then like slowly bit by bit you realize like oh Arya sees all the dragon skulls down there below like these guys were a big mm-hmm. deal uh not too long ago and but, well you know quickly moved on from yeah and and even you know daenerys's chapter she keeps saying i'm the blood of the dragon i'm the blood of the dragon almost to remind you of just how powerful the targaryens yeah. once were and i really actually like this chapter because one of the things it does is it starts to we start to see daenerys's character um, and almost what may end up being that turmoil if the show shows us if any any of the show comes true, where you know we see Daenerys's um, kind of struggle here with war. Uh, you know she she talks about um, you know riding she's riding by and seeing all these dead all these dead people. Um, you know, I am the blood of the dragon, Daenerys Targaryen, Targaryen reminds herself as she turns her face away and pressed her lips together harder and, you know, her heart and rode on toward the gate. Yeah. And then, you know, this is war. This is what it looks like. This is the price of the Iron Throne. And, you know, it's her nature, however, though, is she doesn't want these people to be hurt. She doesn't want these people to be killed. But this is the price of the Iron Throne. Well, you know, this line may be a line if, again, if the show, if it does go down similarly in the show and Danny ends up kind of torching King's Landing. Yeah. You know, hey, this is the price of the Iron Throne. She needs to she needs to make sure that her enemies are destroyed. Wow. It is. Wow. It's crazy. I mean, it really is because like there like chapters like this and things in Marine and later on are, are what you know, cause people to say like, really, you know, like this, it's, it's hard to see on a first read and then even a second read. And then it just, you know, you start to find lines, like you said, like that, that whole bit of this is the price you may have to pay. And Mm -hmm. she has to evolve in her thinking and who she is. And, you know, uh, so that's just tough as it's it's really, you know, well, I mean, let me look at this behind them. The girl being raped made a heart, heartrending sound a long sobbing wail that went on and on danny's hand clenched hard around the reins and she turned the silver uh the silver's head make them stop she commanded sir jorah khaleesi the knight sounded perplexed you heard my words stop them she spoke to her cause in the harsh uh, uh, accents of the of the dothraki 
Um, you know, and so princess, he says, George Mormon, you have a gentle heart, but you do not understand. This is how it has always been. Those men have shed blood for the call. Now they want their reward. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I, I mean, that that's what I think about when I think about Daenerys and, and kind of her her character's end in the show and trying to somewhat make sense of it is, you know, it is that turmoil. It is that where she's talking to John right before he, he kills her. And she's talking about, we will make them, you know, we will, we, we will make them see, you know, the, the vision that I, that, I, that I have, because that is, you know, how I think she thinks is honestly the best way to do it is this kind of, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. empire uh, in, in a way, uh, you know, to an almost like a dictate, uh, you know, uh, uh, an iron fist essentially, you know, uh, with with her with her setting setting the tone for the way she wants her world to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I I I think that's well said. Yeah, for sure. Can I so deviate just a little bit here? I you know I'm gonna challenge myself a little bit, okay? Because you, you were as you were reading there, I looked at some of the um, names and just some of the stuff with the Dothraki that I don't never have really understood. I think this is the point of the reread is to kind of look at some of these other characters and stuff. So the the call and the cost. Mm-hmm. So the cost, I didn't quite understand this. Um, let me go back and read what you just read there. So uh, Khaleesi, yeah, she spoke to her cost in the harsh accents of the Dothraki. So cost is just a subdivision. This is just li- this is just little stuff that I've never gone and looked up before. So cost right. is like a, a subdivision of the Kalisar. So you've got, it's sort of just the smaller thing. And a co is a Lieutenant of a call. And so she's speaking to, um, Jogo, right. And, uh, and who, who else there? Koro, right. Mm-hmm. And, and she's telling them to stop the raping, right. To, to kind of put an into it. So she's been given this subdivision. I guess I really never quite got that. If, if, right. if you will. Um, so, here we go. Um, yeah, because if you, if you guys look this up, it's it's kind of a fascinating little little um, hierarchy. You can see who the who the co or who the who the lieutenants are uh, to various people. So you can kind of match up like Cal Drogo. Um, you can see who his are. You can see who who is um, connected to Danny and so on. Just kind of cool, cool little hierarchy uh, stuff that I hadn't quite thought of. So sorry, just deviated a little bit, but I wanted to look that up no 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 absolutely yeah yeah there is a lot of um different language in the daenerys chapters just because of the nature again of it taking place in essos as opposed to to westeros Mm -hmm. yeah um so you know they're going they're they're she's essentially riding towards cal drogo they're still riding through the bloodshed and the aftermath of the of the battle she's starting to claim some people you know i do not want i do not want uh, I don't. I will not have her harmed. I will. I will claim her. And then Jorah Mormont says, "You know, you can't claim all of them." And so I think this is, you know, something where this is really a, a turning point for Daenerys and what her chapters will become. You know, as she gets to Marine and Slaver's Bay, and saying, "You know, we will not have slavery." And that ends up being, and that is a struggle she has throughout her arc in dealing yeah. with them. Right. Right. And you know what's crazy too? I just, I mean. Should have thought of this sooner, but the idea that Jorah, right, soul was got in trouble for slaving and stuff in Westeros, you know, 
uh, yeah, that's probably got to be a little bit um, something that she's, you know, definitely not happy about, even though he's kind of repenting and, and he's really, uh, he's got his own arc and, and uh, redemption arc, if you will. But man, yeah, because yeah. slavery does not sit well with her. And there's just so much violence and stuff going on here with um, what they call like, um, um, what do they call them? Like the, the, the sheep, uh, right. the goat people, right? You know, mm-hmm. kind of, is that what they... Yeah, so she's trying to stop all of this, and uh, this is really not sitting well with the Blood Riders because this is, you know, their culture and stuff. This is, this is, you know, um, this is their payment, essentially. Like they get to go in here and um, kind of collect what they want from the city. What was crazy too, something that was mentioned earlier in the chapter, is that when they see Khal Drogo show up this this town, they think he's there to like save them. Right. And that's the awful part. I think that's maybe why Mira Mazdur is sort of so bitter, right? You could almost like you could almost maybe uh, imagine that they were praying for deliverance, and then you know he shows up with his Kalasar, and they almost do worse, you know? Right. Like it's it's well, yeah. Uh, it's just yeah, like it's just in not, it's bad, you know. It's it's it, you know, either way. Yeah, I mean, just like in the Seven Kingdoms, it's unfortunate. You know, we we see the. The Game of Thrones being played, and over here they play just a slightly different version of the Game of Thrones. I mean, even just in the Dothraki kind of subdivision as well, it's you know one Kalasar will be stronger than another Kalasar, and then they'll you know they'll just keep going around and around and around in the circle that they go in, the wheel that they go in, and. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate that the small folk are the people who end up suffering throughout this entire Game of Thrones over there, and of course, as in 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 Westeros as well. I mean, that's right. that's a we don't ne- we never really get their opinion. We get it every I mean mm-hmm. every now and then again, but as as the lords and ladies, or you know, in this case, the the Kals play yeah. their Game of Thrones. It's always the small folk who are the ones who suffer. Yeah, yeah, good point. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so. Sir Jorah, you know, has he, he meets up with her right there, and and um, this is all all going down. Uh, he does bring news that Kalogo was killed, right? Yes, um, he he was killed, and um, and he and his son. Well, he informs. Uh, I guess you know, Kaldrogo only took some minor wounds, and those will end up being you know some some cuts or scratches. Uh, makes right. me think of like uh, in Shakespeare. When Mercutio kind of jokes, you know, a scratch, a scratch, you know, <laughs> and he's it's it's really a mortal wound. I mean, you're he, he ends up dying. But uh, what, what's yeah. that from? Uh, R- R- Romeo and Juliet. Um, oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember that stuff. Oh, is dude, that like I, Rom- Romulans and Capulets or something? Right, like that, yeah, or? dude. Yeah, I, dude. I teach it's it every Rom- year. It's it's Rom- is it the Romulans? Or is that Star Trek? That's Star. <laughs> Who is it? What's what's the what's what's the other family's name? Uh, Montague. Yeah. There yeah. we go. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't even close. Yeah. 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 Capulets and Montagues. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. <laughs> Which uh, one's yeah. Romeo and which one's Juliet? Is it Romeo? R- Romeo Montague and Juliet Capulet. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Gosh, dude. Go. I mean, literally nine years now I've been teaching that play. Gee, many Christmas. Wow. So I, don't even know I just remember, I remember the movie with Leo, Leonardo Oh, DiCaprio. dude, the modern version. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, yeah. The kids love that. That's a lot of fun. So yeah, to anyway. be or not to be, that is the question, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. What is that something else? That's something else, but it's 
Uh, I'm out. You're out. (laughs) Shakespeare, man. Like, who cares? Right? It's not like you influenced, you know, our language or anything. Everything. I know. Um, Okay. Well, back to the best story ever written, Game of Thrones. Uh, Here we go. So, okay. I have a line. So, when when Danny ends up going up to Cal Drogo, uh, you know, she she sees the scratch. It's a scratch moon of my life from Arak um, of one of the blood risers of Cal Ogo. Cal Drogo said in the common tongue, I'll, uh, I kill him for it and Ogo too. He turned his head, the bells in his braid ringing softly. Gee. And so, you know, I started, I started, <laughs> I, I'm starting to, I'm going to start my, my bell count here because oh, I was forgetting about that. And actually, I think I have another, there's another Danny chapter later. It's where, it's where Cal Drogo uh dies i'm gonna see i'm gonna try and pull it up here it's not where he dies but it's it's uh the chapter where he is it's the next daenerys chapter right where she's gonna take him into the tent and and try and 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 wake him and i'm pretty sure i have another thing highlighted about uh this as well with uh, some bells and so I was so one I was wondering to start to think you know that you're thinking about the bells and and if it you know we don't know it could be something because the books aren't written we see it in the show and I was wondering you know why is it is it that, that the bells are ringing in the last episode or second to last episode right where Danny torches the city or could it be I mean this is all where it kind of starts this is where oh. her journey her journey kind of starts is with Cal Drogo and the bells in their hair is is a big deal it's, it's a big deal Yes. Yes. I mean, I'm shocked. I'm shocked that you And if th- it were if it were to have that kind of context where she's thinking back to all of the suffering and strife that she's had on her journey, it all starts right here. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you care if we just let me just do something real quick. I just pulled it up. So, um and yeah, it's it's Kerbeck and Danny one, right? We talked about black world hair braided hung with bells. Um, and that hung with tiny bells that rang softly as he moved. Right. That's in Danny one as well. Danny two, the tiny silver bells in his long braid rang softly as he rode. Um, you know, Daenerys two again, he began to remove the bells from his hair one by one. Uh, Danny three, let's see. Cal followed her uh, into the moonlight. The bells in his hair tingling softly. <laughs> I'm just like, you're blowing mm-hmm. my mind here, man. Like, oh my golly, Ned. So, Okay, so no, right here. Here it is. Um, in the next chapter, uh, you know, she, uh, this is uh, a line a line from here. This is where um, she said, Her handmaidens filled the tub with tepid water, that uh, stank of sulfur, sweetening it with jars of bitter oil and handfuls of crushed mint leaves. While the bath was being prepared, Danny knelt awkwardly beside her lord husband. Her belly great with their child within, she undid his braid and with anxious fingers as she had on the night he'd taken her for the first time beneath the stars his bells she laid aside carefully one by one he would want them again when he was well she told herself wow wow i mean uh, you 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 can almost and it imagine could, it, it could it could it, it could have just been something where gur says hey danny's gonna hear the bells and she torches the city but mm-hmm. the show didn't take the time to explain it whether they had the the rest of the context or not Right. Um, well, and, you know, we will get that in in the books because there's sure. more time in the books. Sure. You, I mean, you could see her hearing the bells and then having a flashback and remembering this, the, the you know, this book, taking the, the bells off. And 
the golden bells in his hair, the gold and silver bells. They're both, they're, you know, um, a big deal. Yeah, and, and like the bells would would. Okay, here, here's a line. Uh, I was talking about the bells, kind of sang his coming. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, the, the bells in his hair will sing his coming. You know, it's just it reminds her when she hears bells of of him, and you could see how that might drive her crazy. Right. Well, you know, Danny is a character. You know, we talk we talk a lot about how people's arcs are kind of defined because they'll do something uh, a bu- uh, of a specific way and then they'll they'll go against it. Right. Like Rob's downfall is he does just everything right. But then he kind of betrays Walter Frey. He never should have done that. So Danny's arc to me, what I think more of is she is at her best when she is put when she is taking things into her own hands. And her I think her arc has a lot to do with giving power over to advisors. Um, you know, we see that struggle with Tyrion. Here she she puts her faith in Mira Mazder and it and it screws her over. When she kind of trusts Tyrion and and and, and Varys and um uh, Dario Naharis, right, in in like mm-hmm. in the show to watch over watch over her city, it ends up, you know, almost getting almost getting you know, ruined until she comes back with her dragon and takes it into her own hands. So same thing with, with Tyrion in, in, in the show in the in the last couple seasons. So that I think is, is a lot to do with her arc where here's a situation where she's put, she's putting her faith into someone she shouldn't trust. Yeah. And that ends up screwing her over. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is fascinating. So, uh, like, like, do you think George told them, like, hey, guys, what will drive her crazy is the sounding of these bells? Like, is that, like, a big thing that he said? Make sure that the bells are ringing. Could be. Absolutely and, could be. You know, that Tyrion says that the... Because, you know, going in, I don't know that we had a whole lot of info on that ringing the bells would mean that you would surrender or something that that or that King's Landing had been, you know, get, had, had been given up or whatever. You know what I'm saying? I, like, they rang the bells when the king... Uh, when, when King Robert had died, right? That was something that the bell tower would would, would ring. But right, yeah, I don't know. That is something else, man. I mean, I don't want to go too much further, but there's so much more in um, in in Danny Ten. Like it's Bell City in that chapter. I mean, right? Yeah, major, again, yeah, major stuff with Drogo and what happens to him there. And yeah, I mean, wowzers, man. Did not think we were going to go down a Bell rabbit hole, but we did. Hey, well, yeah. I mean, just saying, you never know, man. Yeah, no, I like it. <laughs> I like it a lot. They're brought. I mean, it's it's mentioned a lot, and we never thought, you know. Oh, I know. Yeah, that Hodor was a big deal until it was. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lady Stoneheart. As we go back, so it. I mean, it could be something. I mean, and don't get me wrong. There are definitely times where Daenerys should listen to counsel, and she doesn't. Uh, yeah. You know, like when when Tyrion says, "Don't in the sh- in the show." Tyrion says, "You know, you probably shouldn't kill these people." Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and and she does, and you probably you should be kind of careful about going and rescuing Jon Snow, and she's yeah. like, "Well, I'm doing it." Yeah, so right, right, okay, all right. So sh- should we move on here to where she kind of, um, you know, she's she's rescued these uh, these people, and she's claimed them as yes. her own, which has pissed everybody off, and then she goes in to meet Cal Drogo. Right, she wants to go see how he's doing, and. She realizes that what they described as like a scratch was really not a scratch. His right. old nipple's gone, right? I mean, it's just like sorry right. for to gross anybody out, but like it's like he is sliced. I mean, 
Yeah, it's gone. It's yeah. So uh, it's definitely a pretty big uh, wound, and he's not looking. By the end of all of this, he's he's you know not looking well, if you will. So yeah. Um, let's see. The cow sent the hairless men away. Khaleesi. Let's see that they're trying to talk about. Um, Many riders are hurt. Caldrogo said stubbornly, let them be healed first. So he's trying to get help for his riders before he himself would take any help. Um, yeah, this says this arrow is no more than a bite of a fly. Uh, this little cut, only a new scar to boast of to my son. Uh, Danny could see the muscles in his chest where the skin had been cut away. A trickle of blood ran from the arrow that pierced his arm. It is not for Caldrogo to wait, she proclaimed. Jogo, seek out these eunuchs and bring them here at once. And I think it's something to where, you know, they were too far away and it was going to take some time. You know, she basically wants him tended to right away. And that's sort of how um, Mira Mazdur is is put forward because she kind of says that she's a healer and she's right there. So why waste any time? Um, And and she goes on to kind of boast about uh, that she's a God's wife of the temple and, uh, that she knows, I mean, they start to call her kind of like a witch and that she right. deals in like black magic and laid with demons and practice the blackest of sorceries. Uh, so they don't trust her. And this is one of well, those times where, yeah, right. Well, maybe I they, mean, she should have listened, you know, she should have listened. But uh, I mean, they're absolutely right. I mean, this is just a dumb decision by Daenerys because I get it because she's, you know, she loves Cal Drogo and there's a healer right here. But it's and what ultimately ends up happening is it's a healer from a people who you just massacred. Yeah. Yep. I, I cannot imagine that they would be receptive saying, oh, OK, yeah, let's help you out. Yeah. It's kind of arrogant. Yeah. To think. Right. You know, I mean, especially she's a I think she's described as a little bit older and had seen, you know, quite a bit. And so I think she's sort of if she has a, ch- a chance to take out the call here and like really do some damage uh, and, and get the, the Kalisar to kind of fight among themselves, then she's going to take it. And she's also probably just saw like a lot of her friends and family and, and this whole community who, who like trusted her. And she was, um, you know, I mean, they were, they were someone, she says she's a God's wife of the temple. Like she was well-respected uh, right. by those people. And so I think maybe she even feels like it's her job to um, find a way to either seek revenge or, or to help, uh, you know, I don't know, cause as much chaos as she can among the Kalasar. And she sure as heck does. So Absolutely. But I think it's interesting though, just that like uh she says she's a healer and and then um they say, you know, some of his blood writers say, Well she's a healer of sheep, you know. Um they they they, they want to kill her and they want to wait for the hairless men, right? They 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 want to wait. And, you know, they probably could have waited. Uh but she uh, convinces them that uh, that she's the one who should tend him. And really what it is, I think Jorah, when he hears that she had been uh, trained uh, by Marwyn, remember I said last week we would talk about Marwyn the Mage a little bit more and his travels yes. and how, how he's, I mean, he's sort of not accepted at the Citadel because uh, just of who he, you know, the things that he dabbles in. Although I think, you know, he claims that he was the only one who was able to, like, get the... Um, you know the the glass uh, candle to 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 light again, uh, and uh, yeah, so he's 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 a pretty big deal. But hearing the word maester, um, 
Marwin, he named himself. The woman uh, replied to, in the common tongue, from the, uh, from the sea, beyond the sea, the seven lands, he said, sunset lands, where men are iron and dragons rule. He taught me this speech. Uh, a maester in a shy. So that was weird, right? So she came across a, mace, a maester over in a shy. And the fact that she's even there, I think, kind of um, over with shadow binders and stuff, like really uh, were some... that. There's some big red flags, I guess, among the Dothraki people who live much closer and know a lot more about Ashai and know about the, you know, just the mysteries or the just know to be wary around those people. And Jorah even knows a bit of that as, as, as well. But Danny doesn't, you know, and she just doesn't know and doesn't realize that this is um, this is dangerous. This woman is dangerous. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, but, I'm yeah. Go, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, just the, the, the idea, what convinces them, don't you think, is that he's a maester, she, she studied with a maester, and so you can trust a maester, you know, as far as right. Dora's concerned. Right, so. yeah, I mean, but I, th- I would argue that just about anybody who has, who has dabbled in any, whether it's maestery or, I just made that word up, uh, yeah. or, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's probably the right term, yeah. <laughs> you know, maestery or... Um, you know more religious stuff like red priestesses or anything the dothraki are going to be kind of weirded out by yeah yes for sure they have their own sort of um uh yeah yeah their own things that they're kind of religion their own legends and lore that they're afraid of yeah exactly um so this is a a point in time where they they should have heeded her uh or your she should have heeded uh their their wisdom right What's interesting is why though is it just the fact that he's that she trained with a maester you know uh, with with Marwin but it, it looks like when they say why why should we want um, why should you want to help um, the call and she says all men are one flock or so we are taught the great shepherd sent me to earth to heal his lambs um, wherever I might find them and that's just straight up a lie right I mean or is it a lie because some people will say. Isn't it that later on she kind of says that they didn't follow her advice? Isn't that yeah. or is that just the show? Um, maybe I'm misremembering, but I feel like there's she tries to almost blame it on on them a little bit. That like I told you exactly what to do and you didn't do it. Um, and, and well, you no, know, she 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 says that she would. She says, "Well, I did what you asked." She says, "I I brought him back." She doesn't bring him back the way. Yeah, I, I mean, Daenerys wants. It's kind of like it's kind of like asking, you know, a genie for a wish, but you're not you're not detailed enough in your in your wish. Yeah, but wasn't there something like right before she makes the whole bargain with you know a life for a life type of thing? Like, there's a reason why he wasn't healing, and it was because he was messing with like he wasn't. I, I can't remember. I thought it was something about the changing of the wrappings and stuff. But we'll we'll get there. That's next. That's next chapter or next Daenerys chapter. But uh, right. anyways, I mean, it seems like you, you could argue, I think, later on that um, she gave you very you know specific instructions and, and you weren't really following them. And then, um, yeah, when forced later on to, to kind of do a little magic, a little blood magic, there's always a cost with that. So, yeah. Yeah. OK. Um, yeah. So she says, uh, so Cal Caldrogo grunted, um, the arrow must come out. And, um, you know, they say, yes, great writer. Uh, so Mir- Mirmaster answered, touching the bruised face. 
um, and your breast must be washed and, and, and sewn, um, least the wound fester. Do it then, Kyle commanded. Uh, great writer, the woman said, my tools and potions are inside the God's house where the healing powers are strongest. Uh, and then they offer to kind of carry him, but he waves him away and says, you know, he needs no man's help. Um, and then <laughs> you talk about Lord of the Rings references. I mean, then uh, Danny walks up and says, you know, I, I am no man. So she kind of lets him lean on her a little bit and, uh, right. you know, helps him helps him into the, the temple there so he can get some healing. Right. Had they not taken her into the temple and be like, no, you're going to have to do it with whatever you can find that may have actually, she may have actually just kind of had to save him. Mm hmm. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, really, that's, uh, that's, is there anything else that's really important uh, to, to that? Well, well I mean, well, that line, that line right here, remember, uh, Magi, as the cow fares, so shall you, which is, of course, you know, foreshadowing to when he dies, while well, she dies. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, huh. Bells ringing again. Cal Drogo set bells ringing. I, I sing of my scars and I sing of my scars, sheep woman. He flexed his arm and scowled. Uh, wow. So this is where she's giving him those directions. Right. Mm-hmm. At the end, she tells him not to drink uh, milk of the poppy. Right. And um, mm-hmm. neither have wine uh, as well. So uh, pain you will have, but you must keep your body strong. To fight the poison spirits. Okay. Um, oh, and he says, I spit on pain and drink what I like. Okay. So basically, right away, you know, she's already given him some advice and he's like, I'll do what I want. <laughs> right? Um, so that's not good. No. Anyways, yeah. And then, so now here we go. Uh, Danny's kind of intrigued because um, she heard that uh, sh- she had spoken of some, some birthing songs. Right? And uh, she says, I know every secret of the bloody... Uh, bed, silver lady, um, nor have I ever lost a babe, she replied. So um, she says, my time is near, and uh, I would have you attend me uh, when he comes, if you would. Caldrogo laughed. Moon of my life, um, you do not ask a slave. You tell her. She will do as you command. He jumped down from the altar. Come, my blood. The stallions call. This place is ashes. It is time to go. So that's a whole other thing, right? That, that there's something um, that the whole bit between slaves and and uh, like his perception of of how they should uh, how she should command right and they should just obey Uh, probably doesn't sit well with her but yeah you know it's interesting to think about what what would have happened if Cal Drogo hadn't died and how their relationship would have continued Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it is because she's growing stronger and stronger and I think I don't know it's just it's tough like would uh would she have started to experiment with fire and dragon eggs and stuff like that? She might have. It might have just been much later. Right. Um, because it seems to be a curiosity that a lot of the Targaryens have back in the history. Summerhall and everything. Like Their their green dreams come and, and they get obsessed. Their dragon dreams and they, they want to kind of, you know, bring them back. And they want, uh, they, they like the idea of, of dabbling in that, that power and stuff. So, yeah, it's a great, great thought. Oh, okay. So, I mean, yeah, we, we learned a few things. We learned that the, that the bells are important. Okay. Um, well, they may be. Oh, I think they are. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm convinced. So, um, we learned that, uh, that, that Cal Drogo is going to do what he wants. May not be following the directions from, uh, Miramazdur, uh, as she instructed. 
And yeah, so you know, and, and Danny continues to kind of grow as a character. She's she's um, she's Khaleesi, and she should have some say. And she's taking, you know, she's trying to help and protect people, and and she's she's growing. She's starting to command more, actually. Mm-hmm. Even though it's in the context of like this the slave thing, it's like I think you know Cal Drogo is kind of um, teaching her how to be more of a commander and more of a leader, I guess, if you will, and and to be. To, to even though she's uncomfortable with it, to be used to it, I guess, in some way. Although she'll she'll kind of you know take she, I feel like she takes the good, and kind of molds it to herself, you know, and sort of leaves mm-hmm. the bad. So it's like okay, I like, you know, this this and that. I, I, here are the positives from from Drogo. I'm going to take that and I'm going to use that, and and be strong, and and move forward. But the rest of it, you know, we can we can move beyond. So okay, all right, all right. Yep. Any uh, any cool connections? Uh, no, I mean, I think we talked about the bells a little bit, and I, th- I, I, I think it's going to be. I, I'm now. I'm curious to see how many times the words bells are mentioned inside Daenerys chapters. Oh, I just did a search of ice and fire, and let me tell you, you will not be disappointed. Disappointed. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that was that. That's why I was. You know, as soon as you said it, I went to. I went and searched. And I'm like, oh my gosh, holy cow! Um, so cool stuff. Okay, so we have um, our, our Cinder Raven. Um, we've been going back through and trying to find some ravens during the, again during the the show that maybe we missed and and try to get to know some of our our new listeners and people who were show watchers and who are now uh, reading the books and what have you. So we have um, Sir Thomas the Reader sent us a raven in, and um, so he says, uh, "Hello, sirs. My name is uh, Tommy Prado, and I'm a new patron." Uh, and so he sent us this raven here. He says uh, that he is. Sir Thomas, the reader of House Prato, uh, he had sent the information to um, our Patreon, but he sent it here as well. House Prato, though a small one, is proud and passionate. Uh, our, our keep is called Old Wood and resides in the region just south and west of the Fingers. Uh, we have been there since the time of the Conqueror. Our sigil is a deep crimson elephant with tusk of a pale sandy field uh, with a matching deep crimson trim. Our house words fly proudly on that sigil and read, uh, The wise need not be fierce. We have a Valyrian steel sword. Well, that's a big deal. Hold on to that, bad boy. Uh, Though scarcely used through the centuries, called Truth's Tongue that hangs in our great hall. That's a sick name, by the way. Truth's Tongue. Yeah, that is. (laughs) That is. Uh, We value wisdom as well as courage, high character as well as strength, mindfulness as well as fearlessness. I look forward to speaking with you, sirs, in the future. Bend the knee, Sir Thomas, the reader. And I would like to, I, I, when I first came across this, we don't want to confuse um, the Thomases that we have in the realm because some of you, there was there was some rumblings uh, there on the Facebook group. Mm-hmm. We had a post from Sir Thomas the Round, who was also back, by the way. So some folks thought he was dead. Um, he sent me a message the other day and said, check the Facebook group. And I was very pleased to see that Sir Thomas the Round is is making his rounds, if you will. So be on the lookout. He'll, he'll, he'll be featured in, in, some, in some episodes yeah. once we get to a, a Clash of Kings. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Um, so anyways. I, r- r- much r- like Stan, I've said yeah. it before. Much like Stannis Baratheon, you hear about him a lot during the first book, and then he shows up, and he's the one true king, <laughs> yeah. you know, in, in the second book going forward. Yes, exactly, exactly. So that's that's exciting. Well, more on that later. But, yeah, uh, Sir Thomas the Reader, man, really glad uh, that you sent this in. And I love hearing about the 
the the house stories and i i would love to find a way maybe in maybe our, our discord server or, or find a way to pin some of these or maybe get a dot going where where we have everyone's house story and mm -hmm. we're keeping track of which house has you know um a sword and i i don't know i like the idea of like maybe you know um, I don't know. I, we we have like our own our own fictional like Westeros going on. Right. It's like fantastic. We do actually. It's, it's great. It's so cool because we've got these minor houses who uh, are in these different regions, and it's just it's cool. I want to know more about Truth's tongue. I want to know like okay, it, it's a, it's scarcely used through the centuries, but was there someone who who wielded it once long ago, and and um, how did it get its name? You know, what was there was there more to that? Right, there has to be. There has to be. More to the story. So, yeah. All right. Um, anyways, yeah. So send those ravens to btkcast um, at gmail.com. We're definitely, um, we have a lot uh, still in there. So each week we're going to try to pull and feature some of those. And then as we get into, um, you know, our raven's nest, we'll have more of them to discuss with our, with our bannermen and our sworn swords. So look forward uh, to that. Absolutely. All right. Well, is that, is that it, sir, Ezra? I think that is. Uh, yeah, I mean, other than uh, just uh, one last time here, uh, man the wall, friends. If you are not uh, li listening to the Tourney at Heron Hall, then you're missing out. It's mm -hmm. uh, it's it's fantastic. We, we're having a, a really good time with that. And even if you only join up for a couple months just to listen to it, and then that's it. I think that's that. It's it's fun. We're having a good time, and I, like the discussion in the Facebook group is is going to shape our conversation moving forward. You know, because you and I, I mean, like Sir Matt, we had amusing after the big black council slash green dream tourney at Harry yes. hall discussion and i thought our musing was better than you know the actual episode that we had because mm -hmm. we learned a lot more uh, just just about like the shadow host and really started to think about timeline and think about when rhaegar was you know like who was in his ear who's whispering in his ear to start this whole tourney what's happening um, between Tywin and, um, and, and, and Ares. So it was really cool for me to go back and forth with you, even though, you know, uh, like sometimes when you're, when you're, I guess like we weren't really arguing, but like, we're kind of like you had one side, I had the other side. We're trying to yeah, like, you and yeah. Yeah. Oftentimes, oftentimes you and I will be on differing sides when it comes to, sometimes, when it comes to theories. Well, sometimes we do it just because I want to see what it's like. You know what I mean? It's like I, I like to kind of. Well, I mean, more often than not, you have an opinion, and my opinion's the right one. It's, right. It's really how is really how it works. Here, well, I mean, okay. Here, here, I mean, here's the thing. I just like to play devil's advocate. Okay. I like to really see. Okay. Uh, I, I, I like to test Sir Matt. I like to see what what's gonna what's gonna happen because we do. I mean, the conversation evolves, and you really do learn a lot from it, and you start to think, well, ah, that's a really good point. You know, I mean, because that's like in this in this um, in in these episodes. There's a lot of uncertainty. We don't have a lot of answers as to, mm -hmm. and that's what really, I think, perturbed us and what, what kind of uh, got us amped up for doing this series and, and finally putting the stamp down and saying, okay, we're going to we're gonna talk about Hall because the show never answered it. We never got no. like, a, like an answer, and that frustrated us a lot. At least yeah, it did me. I, I, well, yeah, it was the one thing I was really like, I really hope we get some answers to that and then you know the season eight happened and we didn't get a lot of answers yeah yeah so anyways um so yeah go check that out friends and uh that's over on patreon.com and uh we've got like the we've got i mean every month i think for the next uh three months or four months actually we're gonna have um a show worker, a show watcher's guide uh to the books talking about heron hall mm -hmm. then the green dream black council and then amusing afterwards and then we're also gonna have other musings and other 
uh, Patreon content, but that's the big one, kind of carrying us through. Right. Okay. All right. Well, we want to thank you for playing the Game of Thrones. In our next episode, we will be discussing Chapter 62, Tyrion 8. If you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, leave a comment, or send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com. We will see you in a week, and remember to hear my roar.